Welcome to Almost Here, Round the Corner of Future Technology podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future Technologies, poised to transform our lives for better or worse, are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used, or just around the corner, from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Hi, this is Richard Jacobs with Future Tech Podcast. Almost here, around the corner technology. Today I have two gentlemen from Pluricello Biotech, uh, co-founders Marcos Valadares and Diogo Biaggi. Uh, Marcos is a CEO and co-founder. Diogo is a co-founder and CSO, Chief Scientific Officer. How are you guys doing? Uh, we're doing great. Thank you very much, Richard, for the opportunity. Yeah, yeah we are fine. Well, we- would you guys start off and let let listeners know what do you guys do at uh, Pluricell Biotech? Yeah, uh, well, Pluricell started in 2013, and it's actually a spin-off of Diogo's PhD project <coughs> at the University of São Paulo. And uh, okay. it started with uh, his idea of developing mo- a disease model for genetic disease he was studying, um, which is hypertrophic cardiomyopathy, and. After after he he could he got in touch with the technology IPS technology with which stands for induced pluripotent stem cell, which was a very uh, uh, new technology at, at that moment already. Uh, okay. We we really saw there's a potential opportunity for us to start a company and and to develop the technology and also uh, to make it available uh, to as many people as we could. So we got off on that and and we started Pluricell to produce um, human-derived cells from induced pluripotent stem cells, iPSCs. And that's what we do so you, cell at the moment. Okay, so you want to use a, an adult human's own cells and turn them into stem cells, essentially, to heal themselves. Exactly. Uh, that's, that's basically what the technology uh, is about. So after we can isolate... Uh, adult cells basically from any type of tissues, but more commonly skin cells or even hair plunged or even blood cells. After we isolate them in vitro, we uh, genetically instruct them to become induced pluripotent stem cells. So they acquire uh, pluripotency, which is a characteristic that makes them uh, be able to turn into any other type of tissue in the body. I mean, this sounds like the holy grail of medicine being able to do that without having to go to embryos and, um, you know, have all these uh, ethical issues, right? It, it is. Truly, it is. Uh, I mean, we have to, to be open and honest here, not that it's very uh, closed about this subject, but we're not the, the people who develop the technology. Uh, at the moment, we license it from uh, a university in Tokyo, in Japan. But uh, it is mm-hmm. truly supposed to be a very important technology in regenerative medicine, and we we understand this, and that's why we we started because we we truly believe this is a game-changing uh, type of thing. I don't know if Diogo wants to add on. Feel free, Diogo. So uh, I agree with you. <laughs> Not much more to say. Well, yeah. Let's you know instead of uh, just generalities we'll get into some specifics so can you you gave the uh, scientific name of the condition you're looking at but can you um, state it again and then say it in plain English for non-medical people 
So what, what condition or conditions do you want to use this technology to, for? Yeah, actually, uh, the condition I mentioned was the condition Diogo was studying in his PhD. But when we started, which is uh, cardiac uh, uh, cardiomyopathy, hypertrophic cardiac uh, myopathy, which is a condition which people develop uh, large heart cells uh, because they have some mutations in their DNA, and this prevents them from pumping uh, enough blood to their to their uh, organs. Uh, but we are not focusing on disease modeling right now. So if we could, uh, if we did this, get a, a patient and derive IPS from them for their from their cells, and later on to develop an in vitro model, this would be a patient uh, uh, in vitro model on a dish. What we are trying to do in the beginning is to just get healthy cells, because nowadays it's still very hard for you to grab get a hold of just regular healthy cardiac cells from. Uh, regular non-diseased uh, people. Uh, so if we could make them available to, for example, pharmaceutical companies or even research institutions that are trying to study the basic sciences of these cells, this is already a very good way to go. A good, good way to go, and that's what we are aiming at the moment. But we truly see the potential of being of having a disease model strategy, and we are we are tackling that later on in our strategy. So, you know, this may be a really stupid question, but why is it hard to get healthy heart cells? Can they be harvested from a live person or only if they're, you know, at the point of death or what makes it so difficult to get it's, them? It's not, it's not a, definitely it's not a stupid question. Uh, it's because many cells in the body, they are terminally differentiated and after they reach that point, they can no longer divide, not even in vitro. So after you, for example, as you said, if, if you can get a hold of, generally as a, as a uh, dead person, because live persons, you can get very small amount of tissue, which is not very, it's not enough. But if, if you get a hold okay. of uh, a diseased person that is donating these cells for scientific reasons, uh, you can get a, a certain amount, but you can never proliferate them. And with this technology, sure. since we have the induced pluripotent stem cells that are able to multiply literally and virtually indefinitely, we can actually get as many cells as we need. We just need to follow a process of genetic, of manipulation and differentiation as many times as we need, and we can generate a lot of cells. Do you want to get really good at turning the adult cells back into these pluripotent cells, and it sounds like specifically heart cells? Is that is that correct? Yeah. Uh, after we 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 turn them into IPS stem cells, we have a potential to derive any other kind of cells. But the the key thing is here is you have to you need to develop a protocol. So what we call a protocol is a process in which you add biochemical uh, or even uh, uh, biological signs to these cells in specific patterns in which you guide their differentiation into a specific type. So what we have at Pluricell is a very robust and reproducible and reliable protocol of obtaining cardiac cells. Uh, we are currently developing this, uh, uh, a protocol to, to obtain keratinocytes with the skin. Uh, it's the largest amount of skin cells. Those are keratinocytes. And what the key thing is you need to have the protocol for the type of cell you need and if you don't have any clue of how this is going on, you, you probably have to do some research and, and do some uh, uh, training on and off of genes and stuff with this 
biochemical pathways to, to see if you can reach to maybe pancreatic, pancreatic cells, those have been reached already, or nervous system cells, those have been reached already okay. as well. So it sounds like um, even if you have these um, pluripotent stem cells, there's different recipes that you have to apply to make them into cell type A or B or C, right? Perfect. You're correct. That's it. Okay. Well, um, stepping back from that, though, what what have you noticed um, or seen from the technology? What kind of cells in the body um, are easiest to turn into pluripotent stem cells? Like, is ideally it would probably be you know be nice if it was hair because no one cares really if you cut off some hair. You know, but uh, skin may be more invasive. Bone marrow is probably very invasive. Fat, yeah. you know, like what? So what are the best what, ones what, and why? I mean, uh, in the beginning, people generally started with the more accessible ones. So as you mentioned, generally people started with fibroblasts. So you can get it from um, a little a little pick from your skin and very easy to isolate. But also blood cells, which are very non-invasive. Non-invasive, I mean, you can also differentiate them. Or actually uh, uh, turn them back into induced pluripotent stem cells. But the second question people, not second, but I mean, the other question people start asking is, uh, do, uh, do, these cells, do these cells have any uh, a memory of what they were before? So that's, mm. that's uh, a question people asked, and the answer is they do. So the epigenetic information they, they carry on their genes, on their genome, is uh, somehow a little bit maintained after they they are they become induced pluripotent stem cells. But uh, one other thing people people realize is as if you keep on uh, cultivating these induced pluripotent stem cells, what happens is this epigenetic marking uh, starts to erase to a point in which no uh, does, it doesn't matter which which uh, source you got the, the the cells from, they are all really really similar after a certain time. Uh, in the culture, so in vitro culturing them. Uh, so responding to your question, uh, what we've known scientifically is there are basically no differences. People generally tend to get to the cells that are easily, easier to obtain, as we said, maybe fibroblasts or even uh, keratinocytes from hair or even urine cells okay. from your urine. Uh, people have isolated those and, and, and uh, turned them back into induced pluripotent stem cells successfully, huh. and after cultivating them in vitro for a certain amount of passages, these epigenetic marks, they just get, get erased, and, and cells are most likely very similar. So, okay, so, yeah, how do you know if you're going to culture a certain cell, if it can be cultured or not? You said some cells just won't divide anymore, and some will? Yeah. I mean, uh, this this kind of uh, information generally comes from from a, a background already established in science. So people have tried to establish cultures from different cell types for a long time already. Uh, so uh, we know, for example, that heart cells do not divide. Not like a new thing. It's it's coming out. I mean, people have tried to put these cells in, in petri dishes, and they just realize they don't proliferate. But uh, that's not the same thing. For example, fibroblasts. If you get a, a little piece of your skin and you just stick it to a plastic plate, you see some uh, cells spreading out of this of this uh, piece of skin, and, and they are able to divide for a little while. So they're not eternally uh, dividing in vitro, 
but you can have some uh, a couple of generations of cells, let's say, let's put it this way. And the same thing for other cell types. When we talk about stem cells, so mesenchymal stem cells, for example, or intestinal stem cells, those are cells that are endowed with their more capacity to divide more readily. Uh, and people already know this already. So when we talk about mesenchymal stem cells or intestinal stem cells or even uh, uh, hair-derived stem cells or adipose tissue stem cells, those are cells that are also uh, being shown to divide in vitro for a certain amount of passages. Okay, and then, so w which cells are you finding are the best ones for you guys to use to make um, make these, you know, stem cells that can go into a heart or become yeah, heart cells? Gen yeah, generally uh, we use fibroblasts, and we're uh, including also blood uh, blood cells as well. But this is not ready. Uh, uh, can I answer this one, Marcos? <laughs> of course, please. <laughs> We 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 tried uh, to now to do this differentiation using fibroblasts and um, fibroblasts and from erythroblasts, the cells from the blood, and okay. we uh, see any huge difference. We uh, achieved. Uh, the same quality cardiomyocytes using both iPI cells. So uh, until now, for us, there's no difference. We believe our protocol, uh, the, the main difference in these two, the, sorry, uh, the main difference in, in this case of differentiation is the protocol. If, if you have a robust protocol, you can achieve of the similar cells at the end, now the similar differentiated cells. Mm. Uh, just picking up a little bit on what Diogo said here, it's, it's important, as he told us, uh, if you have a very good IPS cells, which, which is not, uh, which not uh, I mean, it could, you could have a bad IPS cell, IPS cells. Uh, generally, it comes down to the protocol, as Diogo said. But we have to, to remind us that uh, some, some clones, some iPS cells are just not good. So there are some characteristics that you have to approach and to assess in your iPS cells to see if they are in good shape and therefore you are able to, to carry on differentiation protocols with them. So, all right, how, how difficult is it to create a robust protocol that can be repeated you know, thousands of times? Where are you at in that? part of the process. Would you like to say uh, to, to answer that, Diogo, or would you like me to do it? Yeah, I can start and if you can finish if I forget something. Well, no for us, uh, uh, I've been doing this uh, since my PhD, and we can say, uh, let's say, about five years ago, and we believe we, we took um, three years to have a, a really robust protocol and uh, a lot of money. <laughs> uh, mm. But uh, as Marcos mentioned, the, the IPA cells, it's really important. So when we start to, uh, when we recognize that we really have good IPA cells, it was when we recognize to be easier to find a really robust protocol. So 
uh, I believe we spent this amount of time, three years, to, to get uh, a good differentiation protocol. But we can say that for uh, one year, we spent some time trying to do this uh, differentiation with not so good IPS cells. And when I talk about this, it, it was during my, the, the end of my PhD. So we, during my PhD, we, we have this, uh, I achieved some, uh, a, a good protocol, but when we start the company and we really focus in having a good IPS cells, and that become easier to get a good uh, differentiation protocol. And so you're adding your best to the protocol so far. Oh, go, oh go, ahead. go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. Sorry. No. Feel free. No problem. Yeah. What are what are some features of your best protocol so far? How long does it take? You know, what's the estimated cost? How many cells can you produce in what time period? Just you know, ballparks and what is it looking like so far? Uh, I believe Marcus can answer that. <laughs> no problem. Uh, well, some some of the this information is a, is a bit sensitive, but I mean, uh, what we what we understand is in our protocol is not only the differentiation part which is necessary. So the way we carry out uh, uh, cultivating our IPS cells very standardized and very uh, 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 already uh, shown to be a very good way to to keep these cells healthy. Uh, in, in, you know what sort of way to say, and also the the process we uh, we devised is not a matter of length. So it's not that we shorten the protocol to have uh, cardiomyocytes in shorter period. But what we realize is the way we do it, we routinely get more than 90% of cardiomyocytes uh, evaluated by troponin T, which is uh, a common market, a common marker for these cells. And they are very, uh, they respond to all the stimuli we, we add them. So all the chemical stimuli, uh, environment stimuli, electro stimuli, they, they, uh, they have atrial, nodal, and also ventricular phenotype. It, we can cultivate them in spheroids and they are uh, live and, and beating for over two months. So I mean, there are wow. some, uh, we we've done some uh, we've done some recording electrophysiological analysis, in which shows that the calcium channels they are working fine. They respond to the blockers, to the regular blockers people are interested in using. So I mean, uh, we keep on doing more research and 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 and, and deepening our understanding on these cells, but. But we are we are very confident these cells are very robust and people are going to be able to do great things with them. That's amazing, yeah. So what we, we are we're very goal? excited about it. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's, I mean, if you can if you can be the provider of these cells for you know these kind of cells and then you branch off to other kinds of cells and if you become a big provider for many different kinds, I mean that's phenomenal. You know, it'll save a lot of lives. Well, we, we truly, um, as, as we told you before, we truly believe this technology is a game-changing one, and we want to be a part of this. So that's, that's our contribution, and we want to keep on going. Yeah. So what's the plan for the next um, year, two years, three years? What, do you, what are your goals? You know, when will this be commercially available to many different, you know, places to use? Um, and what's next? And, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. But that, that's a very good question. Actually, uh, we are we are a Brazilian company, 
So our first goal was to develop a product and, and commercialize here in Brazil. And we've been successful in doing this at the moment, though we understand the Brazilian market uh, has, uh, has a, uh, even though it has a lot of potential, it's still kind of immature in this technology. So uh, there is not a whole large amount of people uh, looking after this. So our first step is to go abroad and actually have an international footprint. And we have done this last year. So we've, we've participated in some events and we've got uh, contact, uh, we got contact with some companies that are working on the field and we've de- we are developing at the moment some new products. Our sales are already available to be sold internationally, though we have not really done a, a very large marketing uh, uh, exercise uh, using this. And our next step is to uh, raise an, a, a Series A uh, round of funding so we can have distribution center maybe in U.S. or Europe so we can get these sales very fast in the hands of the people who actually are, are, are using them uh, very, very, uh, a lot of, in many ways. And also participating in new scientific events because since we're new at the market, uh, we need to get known, we need to get our product out there and people start using and having the feedback from them. We are, we are very excited to start doing this and our first uh, first thing to do is to raise money so we can we can have a, a, a decent um, marketing effort in scientific right. events and also being present everywhere. Since this is a protocol, though, would you sell the actual cells or would you um, license the protocol or would you have a trained technician that performs the protocol, you know, in a black box to the customer but on site? Yeah, our our business model is that we sell the cells. So uh, we actually have a, a different business model from from our competitors. We would not we we have not seen this before. So we're talking about like a monthly subscription to sales, like a Netflix for sales, you know. So people can get a hold of a lot of sales. Yeah, that's true. That's true. People can get a hold of a lot of sales for a very very low price because we can increase production that way. We know that people are going to keep on coming the next month and everything. So, right. uh, and we, we share these cells. So the protocol, we can offer services. So if the person has an IPS cell line from a patient specifically and they, and they like our, our uh, healthy cells, but they want their, their patient cells for cardiomyocytes, we can derive cardiomyocytes because we know what we have to, to uh, adjust in our protocol so we can adjust for different cell lines. We can do this for them and you can provide uh, as many cardiomyocytes as they want from their line, from their IPS cell line. Uh, so we're working as a product and service company, and our future goals is to increase the number of cell types we are working with. So at the moment, cardiomyocytes. We're in the end stage of keratinocytes. Our next goal would be some something next to neurons, and uh, following the same process. Uh, and when we integrate new technologies in, in the company as well, so we can increase our portfolio. What um, what are some of the toughest cells to make? I'm not saying that that would be your goal, but you know, just you know, for listeners that are curious, like which ones are easy, which ones are real tough, which ones are impossible. Uh, from from what I've seen, and I'm I'm going to also open to Diogo here because he has a lot of experience as well. I mean, cardiomyocytes, from what I've seen, were one of the first ones to be uh, developed uh, in the scientific community, and Pluricell addressed it 
because Diogo was already working it. So it was a very good starting point. Not mentioning the market yeah. is very large and would be a, a good way to tackle. But we also started uh, uh, trying to get hepatocytes. And hepatocytes is a very tricky cell, not only uh, for us to develop from iPS cells, but all, not just to get in vitro hepatocytes to work. Uh, even if you get from live people or maybe deceased people and, and you put them in vitro, they are very tough cell to handle. And, and iPS-derived hepatocytes. Well, I'm sorry? What is a hepatocyte? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Hepatocytes are liver cells. So liver, are, okay. the cells, they they're detoxify your organism. So they, they uh, metabolize all the, the drugs that you ingest. And, right. and then they release, among other functions, I mean, uh, there are cholesterol and steroids and stuff. I mean, uh, there are many things that, that, that happen to a hepatocyte, but basically they are metabol they're a metabolism organ. And people want to get a hold of hepatocytes because of a pharma company. It would be very interesting to understand how a drug would react after the drug gets in touch with a hepatocyte. So if the drug right. is messed up, I mean, they have to change the drug into a way that hepatocyte does not die, does not uh, uh, get toxic to a hepatocyte cell, but also it does not uh, change into something different, which has no action in the body. So uh, okay. th that's a very important cell type, and people have tried many, time, many times to get uh, uh, fully differentiated hepatocytes, but not only ourselves, but uh, from what we see in the literature, it's been very hard to get them very close to what we would see into a native hepatocyte. So uh, if, if I would right. pin out, I would say hepatocytes are very hard zone. Okay. Um, any other ones? You know, brain cells? Um, you know, this, this may be also a crazy question, but how many different types of cells are there in the human body? Uh, I can say we have uh, somewhere around 216 types of tissues. So, I mean, uh, there are many cell types uh, inside of each tissue, so uh, I would I would say somewhere around there, um, 200 and something. But the thing is, not not all the cells are very interesting for uh, in vitro tests, you know. So it's it's more than uh, expected that people generally will address the the more interesting ones, uh, just like we said. So cardiomyocytes, hepatocytes, neuron cells, because you generally do not have access to neuron cells. From an individual, so if you can derive them in vitro, that's very important. And people have done that with iPSs. Uh, people have done they have differentiated into pancreatic stems, uh, pancreatic cells, which is very good. So uh, people, mm, yeah. uh, cells that release insulin to the body. There are actually a couple of companies that are trying to take this to the therapeutic level as well. Uh, people have done muscular uh, muscle cells, so from uh, uh, muscle from muscle tissue. Uh, they have done bone, they have done uh, uh, cartilage, adipose tissue. I mean, there are a bunch of cells being done out there. But the thing is, it's not a matter of just being done. Uh, oh, and also uh, blood cells, which is very important as well. Uh, but it's not a matter of being done. After people have uh, uh, scientifically uh, uh, published their, their, their pro protocol, it's one thing, but in, in our scenario, for example, for Pluricell, it doesn't, it doesn't matter people, that people have published. It's good, but we have to take this internally and turn into a very robust protocol in which we can do over and over again 
and supply very uh, 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 very uh, reliable cell types to our customers. So if you, for some reason the protocol just work in one cell line or it doesn't work efficiently every other or just work efficiently every other time, this this is not a, a good industrial process. So we we need to incorporate it and and make it available in a such a way that our clients will be sure to have secure and very good batches of cells every time they order from us, you know. Right. That makes sense. Okay. So what what are going to be some of the next cells that you guys are targeting to make? Is it hepatocytes or is it other ones? Or? No, hepatocytes, we, we, we put a hold on them, but uh, uh, I believe at some time we will have to resume the project. But uh, at the moment, we are finishing keratinocytes, which are skin cells for Brazil. Sounds very important because uh, there are a lot of cosmetic industry here in Brazil, and people are, are trying to prevent animal use and, and, and just to go after human tissue every other time you need to do a test is kind of painful. <clears throat> so we want to address okay. this to the Brazilian market. Uh, but the next cell we are looking into is uh, neuron, uh, neurons. So there are many different types of neurons, but we are trying to see if we get neuron stem cells and then we can derive different glia, oligodendrocytes, motor, motor neurons, and, and I mean, and all the other types. So that's our next focus. Well, that's great. I'm glad that you guys are, are doing this. It's going to be a big help to, uh, you know, a whole bunch of companies out there that want to use these uh, these stem cells to heal people in many different ways. So, um, cool. No, we, what, yeah. Go ahead. What, any, <laughs> any other uh, topics that we should cover that I haven't asked you? Uh, I, be, I believe it's, it, it's, it's all. I mean, I don't know if you have any other questions. We'll be glad to answer, but I think we, we did a pretty thorough yeah. uh, interview. It was very good. Yeah. yeah. So last question, how can uh, people and companies listening to the podcast uh, find out more about you, start interacting with the company, you know, talk to you about your goals and see how they can work with you possibly? Of course. Uh, first, we have a website on. So if you go to www.pluricellbiotech.com, we have a, an English website, so it's good for English uh, people, not people that speak English. And you can also reach us in our email. We have me and Diogo, so marcos.valadaris or diogo.biagi at pluricellbiotech.com. Uh, we are always available to discuss projects and interactions, and even if people are interested in the cells, let us know. We'll be glad to, to, to get in touch as well and discuss partnerships. Okay, guys. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to do the podcast. I really appreciate it. We appreciate it, Richard. Thank you very much for your time and invitation. We were glad to participate in it. Yeah, yeah thank you, Richard. All right. Oh, you're welcome, Diogo. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, both to review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.